0: Greetings, and welcome to Season 2 of 33 North, 96 West. This season, Terry and I are excited to be introducing a new interview series where we engage with like-minded travelers who have messages and wisdom to share. On this episode, I am pleased to introduce my friend, Brad Rhodes. I first interacted with Brad back in 2020 When I was participating in a series of online presentations about design art and architecture I was nervous about whether or not anyone would be interested in what I had to say and I really didn't know if anyone was going to show up but Brad attended and in that first interaction with him I knew I was interacting with someone who was sensitive and thoughtful and inquisitive he had a lively spirit and I knew I'd encountered someone that I wanted to get to know better. In the intervening time since then, I've hung out with Brad a couple of times. Also in the intervening time, Brad has begun to serve our community through a series of daily inspirational posts. I've come to look forward to these. And so when we got together for this interview, one of the first things that I asked him was how he'd come to be inspired to serve in the way that he had. Here we go.
1: Um, so first off, I never really thought of it as serving, but um, it's just me uh, doing what I do. I, you know, I don't know. Um, so I have always sought out inspirational things myself, things that um, encourage me and uh, you know, save them or it's whether it's somebody else's post or whatever it is. And um, so I just started screenshotting those and then ser- showing, sharing them, which is what a lot of people do, of course. And um, so sometimes it's things that speak to me, maybe things that I'm going through that day. Maybe it's just things I can relate to from my past. It's kind of funny. Sometimes I'll share something and I'll get a call or a text from someone who says, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Why? What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just talking about your post. Like I, that had nothing to do with today. That just had something to do that I could relate to, or maybe it will inspire somebody else or encourage somebody else. So I found that kind of interesting that people still think, you know, I'm just posting this cause this is what I'm going through today. But, um, I don't know. I just feel like I, I just see things that I feel like people need to hear or is a good message uh, maybe there's just one person that today, this is what they need. And so that's why I put it out there.
0: Well, as a follow-up, I'll say, I certainly appreciate that you very often are willing to, I could say be vulnerable, but I don't mean that in in the way that uh, some people interpret it. But you, you certainly are at times willing to personalize.
1: Mm-hmm. And I really
0: appreciate and value that. You know, uh, as Um, a member of the audience, uh,
1: I think a reason for that for me is, is because, uh, you know, so many times people who just always post or um, put out positive, inspirational things. If you don't know something about where that person's coming from, it doesn't have a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to share and say, I've been through this, I've experienced this, my life is not necessarily all rosy and great and everything's good but I've been through this and then that's things people can relate to and people can say oh wow look at this Uh, what I'm going through right now he's gone through this and this is his attitude this is where he is and it's going to be okay
0: more times than once I have found myself receiving Brad's messages and thinking to myself hey what a relief I'm not the only one I'm really grateful for that. I next asked Brad to share his thoughts about what it means to be a human being.
1: I don't think I can answer that question without at the same time answering uh, or addressing what is being a spiritual being. So if we can combine those two, because there's the human being and there's the spiritual being, and those two tend to overlap. So sometimes I have a hard time with where does one stop and the other one start, but there's obviously certain areas that this is clearly human, this is clearly spiritual, but then there's some others. It's like a little of both, or a combination, or you know, kind of one fades into the other. Um, so the the human being, of course, is the body, the shell which includes the mind and the brain, which is an extremely complex thing, um, versus the spiritual being, being our soul, as a lot of people call it, um, the part of us that, as I believe, lives on forever. Maybe it was here forever. It becomes part of our body for a period of time, and then it goes on forever. This, This is spirituality, according to Brad Rhodes. That, that's my belief. Um, so while you're here, there are certain experiences and things that you learn, and uh, ma- mainly that comes from interacting with other people, uh, I think, that affect our soul and our spirit that maybe changes us forever. Um, but, of course, the, the human being part is... Uh, uh, the main thing, I think, with being a human being is our senses. You know, what are you visually seeing? What are you, what are you hearing? What are you um, feeling, smelling? Those are all human things. Then when you start getting into feelings, love, uh, sadness, it's like that's where the crossover comes between the human being and the spiritual being is the, those internal Things. Um, so being a spiritual being, um, w- feeling someone's energy, um, I guess there could be a, a human aspect to that, you know, the electrical, whatever, currents, you know, feeling their energy. But uh, mo- mostly I think that's a spiritual thing connecting with someone on a spiritual level. Um, and as far as other people are concerned, obviously we connect with people physically, we connect with people spiritually and on different levels, but um, with spiritually being the deepest. Um, spiritual being is, um, I, I believe there's a God. I grew up in a very religious household. I grew up in evangelical Christian home. Um, which has had a tremendous amount of growth and redirection over the years, but it still hasn't changed my belief that there is a God.
0: It seems to me that many of us find ourselves confronted with these kinds of questions these days. What is my authentic spiritual nature? Do I have a place in contemporary religious structures and institutions, or... Am I inspired to something different or beyond those? Next, Brad goes a bit deeper into how the relationship between the human aspect of himself and the spiritual aspect of himself has evolved over time.
1: Um, so to just go ahead and dive into religion, um, I, I grew up in, like I said, a very conservative uh, religious household, evangelical in the Bible Belt of Texas. Um, so re- religion and learning to separate religion from, from spirituality uh, was a huge, huge thing. And I think that I really was able to do that at a pretty young age to recognize there's my relationship with God and then there's the church where I think a lot of people have a really hard time distinguishing that. They tend to put God and the church and all that into one one, uh, thing, which fortunately, considering some of the things that I went through later in my life, I was able to separate that and and know if I have issues or if I have questions, it's really about religion and not about God. Religion being a man-created thing— versus God, who's the, from the beginning to the end and always the same. And
0: Many spiritual seekers have expressed that they faced some challenges on their paths that inspired them to turn within and confront aspects of themselves that they might have previously avoided or denied. As Brad expresses next, many of our greatest challenges can become opportunities to grow and learn.
1: There's so much to talk about that I really hate to make everything that I talk about about this specific issue, but I can't talk about this without talking about that. Um, So I realized at a pretty young age that I was gay, and I'm also in a Baptist church, which is not an option. So I got married when I was 20 years old because it was the thing to do. And by the time I was 30, I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to stay married forever. And to me, I felt like I had to make a choice between living a life that I felt like was natural to me and following God. But it was not an option to do both at the same time. So because I was presented with a situation, it's like, here's a situation that I've got to get to the bottom of uh, my religion which is huge to me because for me uh religion in my dad was actually a, an ordained minister so not only was he my dad he was my pastor and this is the uh, where I live you know um everything taught me that it's wrong you can't be a member of our church which is my whole life my my social life, my everything, and you can't be a part of this and be gay. So whenever I'm in my 30s and I'm having to deal with uh, what am I going to do, um, I, I did realize that I can't be married forever, so that this is going to end up ending my marriage uh, because I can't be the husband that she needs Um, I've got two kids that are needing me to be the dad, and I've somehow got to get myself to a place that I can be a good father for them. And uh, I knew that where I was, I I wasn't good for anybody. Um, So I just really had to seek out the answer to that question. Um, I had heard, um, through talking to a few people, the phrase uh, gay Christian, and the first time I heard heard that, it was like, that's an oxymoron, like you can't be gay and be a Christian. So, you know, this person is completely uh, misled. So that, that's what really started me to question, uh, first off to that question, which was huge, because it meant how am I going to live the rest of my life? Um, so I sought the answer to that question, and I sought God for the answer to that. And, um, through a situation where I, um, I actually ended up going to a gay church, uh, in Dallas because it's like, okay, God, I need you to, to help me. I need you to reveal truth to me. I I just wanted truth. That's all I wanted. Just truth. Um, so, so I did wake up One Sunday morning, and I went down to that church, and I don't remember anything that was said, and it doesn't matter. I just remember God's presence and God telling me and giving me total assurance um, that I love you. I love you in spite of you being gay. I created you you as a gay person, and that's who I expect you to be. So whenever I came to terms with that and had that realization, it was just this huge— Uh, thing that went off in my head that, uh, wow, everything that I've been taught my entire life is not necessarily all true. Um, And so then it started me off on this quest of discovering what else is not true. So obviously, if this one thing, which is huge, um, has... um, God has uh, spoken to me personally and said, you know, that, that this is not correct, you know, this is who you are, this is how you're made, then um, uh, obviously there are going to be other things that um, uh, are, are not true that I've always just believed to be true.
0: I was curious if Brad had been drawn to any other modalities outside of his Christian faith that had led him to a deeper awareness and understanding of himself.
1: I will say the past year has been huge uh, in in that area. Um, So even though 20 years ago, which is when that happened, that uh, I went to that church, that God spoke to me, and even though I've had a lot of people come to me and try to convince me otherwise or scripture or whatever, it's like, I. God's spoken to me. I'm, I don't have to have that conversation again. And you believe what you want to believe. I respect you. And that's all fine. But you're, you're not going to change how I feel. However, one thing that I began to realize, I guess a few years ago, is that even though in my head and my heart, I've reconciled that and I'm good, there was something really deep in my gut uh, which I'm going to call shame that I was not able to get rid of. Uh, it's it's something very difficult or something hard to get past. Whenever, as a small child, you've been taught something is wrong, you've heard people make comments about something being disgusting, or they're sick, or they're an abomination, or they're all those things are very difficult to get past. Um. So I recognized a a few years ago that that was still there and that that's something I needed to deal with. Uh, So uh, actually, in 2020, I started seeing a therapist. So for a year and a half, I saw this therapist. Uh, The reason why 2020 uh, is so significant is because I had wanted to see a therapist for a long time, but I was kind of limited to who I could see. And I didn't want to see anybody local. I just, I wanted to be able to really select someone that I felt like would be good for me. Well, in 2020, they all started doing online counseling. So it's like, wow, the whole whole world's been opened up to me. So now I had an opportunity to to look beyond my local um, community to find someone that I could really connect with. And I did. And so for a year and a half, I did therapy with him. Till I got to a point where uh, there was nothing else to talk about. Um, I, I got to where I kind of dreaded it because I feel like we've already discussed everything. We've gone as far as I feel like we can go with this. And it was really good. Um, and, and I worked through a lot of things. I realized a lot of things. It was great. Uh, it was a great year and a half, but I still was holding on to something that I couldn't release. So um, I contacted my good friend, Janet Karam, who's a hypnotherapist. And um, actually, I was going to go see her for something else. And the more that we talked, the more that I realized, wow, this could um, possibly help me in this area. So um, hypnotherapy obviously is something that's non conventional, Um, whenever I mention that to some people, they're like, ooh, what's, you know, hypnotherapy, you were hypnotized, okay. So uh, I had an incredible experience um, where I was very fortunate to have a very good hypnotherapist who's extremely intuitive and knew exactly where I was at, what I needed, and she was able to walk me through a lot of things from my past up to a point of being able to release that. And that's been a little over a year ago and I can tell you that it's completely gone. And it's, it's nothing magical. It, it's really just a matter of being able to dive deep into your subconscious, to be able to let go of all the conscious thoughts and all the things that cloud your mind and be able to deal with that stuff that's deep down and be able to let it go. So um, that was an incredible thing that I walked away from there, and I knew that something had changed. Just like 20 years ago, I knew something changed. I knew whenever this had this experience that something changed, which uh, I love that because um, when you have doubts later on, you're able to go back and say, this is the day. No, I don't have to deal with, again, it's like driving a stake in the ground and knowing this is the day that I dealt with this, uh, this is resolved, this is done. And then 20 years later, (laughs) this is the day that finally, after that 20 years, that I was able to drive that stake in the ground and be done with it. So I can always look back at that and know that's done. Um, so then from there, um, I, I started learning about meditation. I had never made it meditated before. And in fact, meditation and hypnotherapy and all these things are things that I never would have done, uh, had I still been deeply involved in the religion that I was raised in, because that's not something you participate in, um, But I realized that uh, that hypnotherapy session was basically a guided meditation on steroids. Um, So I started thinking, well, if that was in such an incredible experience, then I really need to start looking into this meditation and see what I'm able to actually accomplish on my own. Am I able to actually accomplish something uh, anywhere even close to that level uh, on my own? So um, that led into uh, a whole other world, I'll say. Um, I've definitely learned a lot, seen a lot, um, and things that I never would have uh, experienced before. So just that in itself, which, you know, Of course, meditation's got roots in Buddhism and Hinduism and, you know, all those things. So certainly those are all different uh, modalities and different beliefs than I ever was uh, a part of or believed in or understood uh, most of my life.
0: When I began to embark upon my spiritual path, there were particular teachings and teachers that I found myself drawn to. Next, Brad shares three teachers that have influenced him and his journey.
1: Um, Sometimes I get a little emotional whenever I talk about some of this, so we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Emotions Um, are welcome in here. uh, That's good, (laughs) because I tend to be—I'm a pretty emotional person. So so as a very young man, early 20s, my first career um, is sales. And I did not feel like a natural-born salesperson, whatever that is. So I was seeking out uh, mentorship. Uh, And fortunately, I discovered Zig Ziglar. Uh, So many years ago, before many of these other speakers and inspirational people came along, there was Zig Ziglar. Um, So Zig, of course, was a... uh, Christian man, part of the same faith and uh, denomination and everything that I was. So it was safe, you know, wasn't going to be taught anything that I, I shouldn't believe in. Um, but there was so much that I learned from him about positive thinking, uh, everything about him. And there's so many quotes that I can think of. Uh, and I hear his voice because, you know, we listen to the eight-track tapes.
0: <laughs> oh, those. So,
1: <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> um, so there was books, and I read his books, and I read them cover to cover probably multiple times. And it was the first person that I'd really been exposed to that was an inspirational speaker-type person. And I really considered him for many years as my mentor. And I was fortunate enough to get to meet him at one point, which was incredible. Um, He's just he was an amazing man uh, with a great heart and um, really encouraged me professionally, which is what I was looking for, was the sales piece. But I really benefited uh, personally um, just because of that outlook and that uh, teaching of positivity and that, you know, you, uh, one of his quotes is something like, you can't do everything with positive thinking, but you can do a lot more than with negative thinking. So um, that that was the very beginning of learning the power of positivity. Um, so most recently... Uh, there are a lot of different people. I feel like in the last year, uh, there have been so many different people that I've read and researched and listened to um, that I've had to kind of zone in on one, and that's been uh, most recently Dr. Joe Dispenza. The The main thing that I get from uh, Joe Dispenza is uh, the rewiring of the brain, redirecting your thoughts and Uh, So uh, thoughts and uh, awareness of your thoughts, which of course ties into meditation and the benefits of meditation, has been uh, the biggest thing for me. And so that aspect from him is what I really uh, have appreciated. Um, And I can't talk about people that have been uh, uh, an influence in my life without uh, mentioning my dad. So I mentioned earlier that my dad was a minister. Uh, he was never a full-time minister. He was what we call a lay pastor. So that he always had full-time jobs, sometimes two or three. And then he had his little country church on the weekends that you know he was the, the preacher of. So he was an extremely hard-working man, for one thing. He was the hardest working person I've ever known in my life, still to this day. Um, But he, in in many ways, he was a pretty traditional Baptist minister, preacher. But one thing that I realized as he got older, my dad passed away 10 years ago, um, is how he would analyze things and had the ability to change his mind which was huge. And I didn't really appreciate that fully until the last four years. Um, So my dad, whenever I came out to my dad, which would have been about 10 years before he died, um, he told me at some point later that was one of the hardest things to hear that he had ever heard in his life, not because he was upset about it or angry or whatever, because he knew that was going to be a hard life for me um so that meant a lot but then about a year after that we had a conversation where he told me um uh being gay is one of those things that i always just assumed was wrong but uh, and i never had a reason to question that but i know you and I know the person that you are. And if it was a choice, you wouldn't have made that choice. You're married and you have kids and this is affecting your marriage. It's affecting your kids. It's affecting all areas of your life. And so uh, he was able to completely change his view on that particular thing and um, which uh, i think is huge he was a 60 something maybe 70 year old man who had believed that his entire life and he was able to change so as i have changed my views and my opinions about religion about the way that i was raised about different things i almost feel like i have my dad's permission to do that um, because he was able to change his and i kind of feel like he's kind of this is where that spirituality and why it's so important to me to believe that we carry on because I do feel like I get messages and things from my dad occasionally where, uh, you know, where he is now, there's no religion. There's no, uh, any of that stuff. He, he knows full truth. So he's able to, you know, uh, Uh, what's the word he's able to kind of um, look down to me and uh, somehow uh, uh, I'm at a complete loss of words, but uh, I think, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, so yeah, that's, that's been a huge piece. And actually I'll go on to say um, whenever I was having my hypnotherapy session and I was hypnotized that we got to the very end of the session and that Janet said, uh, imagine that there's someone here with you. That's an important person to you. They could be, you know, someone that's alive or someone who's passed away, but they're here with you to help you cross over to the other side, which is where there is no shame. And my dad appeared to me. Hmm. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, hesitant sometimes about saying that to people because people are like, you know. Um, But I fully believe that that was his presence there um, and that he was there um, helping me cross over. Um, So uh, when we talk about human, let's go back to that subject real quick. Human being versus spiritual being, um, through that hypnotherapy session, I saw my dad's spiritual being, which did not look like my dad. It was just a presence. Um, but the, the spiritual piece of me knew that it was him. So and I've talked to other people that have had a very similar experience from some family member that's passed on, And that maybe they appear to them for one reason or another. They saw basically the exact same thing that I saw, which is basically just like a white image. Um, But there's uh, nobody's ever going to convince me that that wasn't my dad. (laughs) So, because it's exactly what I needed at the time that I needed, and it was so him. Uh, to do that so it's kind of funny because whenever we got to that point and i i saw this and there was a part of me that kind of chuckled and said i should have known you would be here i i knew you would be here so uh that's that's why that was such a such an incredible experience for me but you know that's that's one of those things that maybe you know there's the spiritual realm that's there all the time it's like um it's like radio waves. Radio waves are in this room right here, but I can't see them. I can't hear them. But if I turn on a radio, now I've tuned it in. So same kind of thing. Uh, through hypnotherapy, I was completely to get completely out of my logical thinking brain and t- tune into a different realm. So this may be a little different direction of what you were looking for, but that's that's my story and that's that's, I mean, I, I can't tell all that without telling the whole story.
0: At this point in our conversation, I was noticing two strong emerging themes in what Brad had shared. First, he had demonstrated a willingness to change his mind, next, he seemed to honor his intuition. I shared my observation of these themes with him to see if he had any additional insights that he might like to share in response.
1: Uh, Willingness to change your mind, I'll I'll deal with that first, or or ability to change your mind or whatever you wanna, however you wanna take that. Um, So because I have personally changed so much over the years uh, and things in my life have changed and I've moved so many times, Change is the norm to me. Uh, I get a little restless when things don't change. <laughs> so, thank you. So, it's easy. Change is easier for me, just because that's my norm. Uh, it's interesting though, because I, I lived in the same house from the time I was six months old until I got married, and then since then I probably lived in thirty different places, literally. So um I, I, at one time I che- I moved so many times that I started getting worried about myself because it's like something's wrong with me. I can't settle. <laughs> Why can I not just be settled somewhere? I keep I'm searching for something that I'm never going to find. But then I realized that's just part of me. I I like it. I like experiencing life from different perspectives and from different places and And I mean, I didn't just move within the same city. I moved, you know, whenever I moved from Sherman years ago, I lived in 10 different places around the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, you know. But I probably know more about the entire metroplex than uh, many people that have lived there their entire life because I've lived in so many different uh, areas. So change is just natural and easy for me. And I realize that it's uh, change is a lot easier for me than a lot of people. But I still get very frustrated <laughs> when people um, are so closed-minded just because they aren't willing to change. And I realize that fear is the root of uh, most of that. I actually did a little research a few months ago about just like Googling, why are some people so hesitant to change? Um, and the most common thing, which, you know, you're, you're not going to get a good answer to that question. Um, the most common thing that I kept seeing, though, was uh, loss of control, fear of control. Because when you live in the same place and you live in, in the same town, the same house, you go to the same job, you have the same group of friends, you know exactly what to expect. Um, so uh, you, you you can control. Today I wake up and I know exactly what to expect. I'm in control of the situation. When you start changing a lot of stuff, people feel like they've lost control. Maybe I've never felt like I had control, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't maybe that's why it's just natural for me, uh, and I don't try to control things. I just kind of let it come and happen and, you know, just experience things as, as they as they come. Um, so um, change physically. So we're changing in the uh, the human world, <laughs> where we are and where we're at. So therefore, change on the other realm and the other world uh, is pretty natural to me. It's it's it just seems to be a part of uh, growing up, aging, maturing, evolving, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and if you don't change, you're not going to evolve. There is no evolving without change. So if you don't change, you're going to be the same person you were 20, 30 years ago. So if you want to grow, get used to, to change. You know, it's hard um, to really even know what's intuition, I, I you know, because You you approach things with so many different ways with your analytical mind, and when you look at things, and so I I know that because you know I'm I'm a realtor now, so I deal with a lot of people making decisions, and a lot of people make decisions um, emotional decisions or intuitive decisions, and other people make very logical decisions. Sometimes when you've got a couple ones emotional ones, analytical, they don't always. Uh, go together I did recognize through a lot of that that I tend to make more emotional decisions than I do logical decisions Uh, not that the decisions that I make are not logical but that that's not the basis of my decision my decision ends up being based upon a gut feel so I'm huge and I've always been on Uh, The gut. What does the gut tell you? Because it's rarely wrong. Not that you won't make mistakes or know that things won't go wrong, but you've at least learned something from it and experienced something from it that's going to make you a better person.
0: Next, I asked Brad to share any virtues or values that he most admired about himself or others. He only shared one. And it was a big one.
1: Authenticity is the biggest one. Um, Which part of authenticity, of course, is being real. Um, At one point, uh, that was such a huge thing for me that I I didn't like anything that wasn't real. It's like, I can't have any plants in my house that aren't real plants. (laughs) Or... nothing fake. I just don't like anything fake, which that has changed because now I like fake green plants over dead ones. Uh. (laughs) So I've learned to appreciate the, uh, the the value of certain types of fake things. However, people um, do, do not fall into that category. Um, So, um, authenticity means that a person has taken the time to uh, take a journey inside themselves and figure out who they are and are willing to present that on the outside. And regardless of who or what that person is, there's such an appreciation and a value uh, in that that I just love and I'm very drawn to um, so I would say authenticity uh, is the biggest one, which you know is another reason why I, I'm so willing to be open. Uh, you know, on social media, if I post certain things about my life or experiences, it's just me being authentic and comfortable in who I am and what my experiences have been, and um, this is this is me. I just don't feel like my whatever message that I have, I don't feel like it has much of an impact if I'm not being authentic.
0: My next question to Brad was a fun one. If you could snap your fingers and plant an idea in the minds of every human being, what would you want us all to know?
1: Um, It it would definitely pertain to uh, the power of your thoughts. Because I think that's something that many people never really think about. Uh, I know I didn't for a long time. Um, You tend to think whatever your thoughts are, are just what they are. And don't realize, and this is why I'm so drawn to Joe Dispenza, um, with the rewiring thing. Uh, I encounter and see and know people and close to people that just have the same thoughts day after day after day, and it's, it's sometimes it's uh, causing anxiety, sometimes it's causing all kinds of things in their life, and they don't realize they have the ability to just turn that off and redirect. Um, so back to my 2020 when I started seeing a therapist, uh, I also got a Lexapro for anxiety and because of obsessive thoughts that I couldn't turn off. Well, taking a pill helped with that immediately. I don't know why or how, but I know that it worked. But I also knew I wasn't gonna stay on that drug forever. It was a temporary thing to get through a temporary situation So all about the same time, whenever I was doing hypnotherapy and I was kind of redirecting some things, I also got off AlexaPro. So I was searching for a way to be able to control those thoughts. Because it's like, okay, now I know that I'm capable with a drug of doing that. So I need to be able to do that without the drug. Because like I know what that feels like. I know what my head is like. And so that's what I need to be able to accomplish. So that's why I was so drawn to meditation. uh, Because the first thing with meditation for a person that hasn't done it before is awareness of your thoughts. And there's no time that you're going to become more aware of your thoughts than when you're trying to not have any thoughts and so you're you're able to start seeing the theme of those thoughts it's like okay this one even though as soon as it pops up you shut it down you start seeing the same ones popping up over and over so then you kind of realize okay this is this is one that i need to deal with and so as soon as that pops up the way that the way I picture it, because I'm a very visual person, sometimes I have 20 screens open on my computer. <laughs> so it gets to a point where it's like, I, I can't even function. There's too much going on at one time. So there's an X up there that you just go click, 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 click. Same thing with your thoughts is you go shut down, shut down, shut down. Here's the one. That I need to be focusing on. So that's what meditation has done for me. And so through that, I've realized I have control of my thoughts. So it's like you're taking that back. Uh, the best example that I've seen is uh, you can, if you go into a movie theater and sit down, you're just going to sit there and watch whatever's on the screen. So whatever movie, whatever ads, whatever they put up there, that's what you're going to sit there for two hours, and you're going to watch. So you can do that, or you can get up out of the chair. You can go back to the film room, whatever it's called, projector room, and you can select what film that you're putting on the projector. There's all these different films that are up there, and you can go this one, this one, this one. And all these other ones, these over here, these are not serving me at all. These are doing me and my life no good. These need to go away. So these are the ones that I'm putting on the projector. So now you're in control of what's playing over and over in your mind. And that's not something you do one time. It's a daily thing. So, uh, If there's one thing, if there's one thing I could just snap my fingers for people to know and to realize, it would be that you don't have to settle for what's being played. You can take back control uh, and you decide what what you're going to sit there and you're going to watch and what you're going to think and what's going to be the focus of your life.
0: To close out the interview, I asked Brad what was next for him.
1: I've thought for years, and I've had people for years tell me, you need to write a book, you need to share your story, you need to share this. I'm like, I, you know, I mean, a book just doesn't really seem the right thing for me. And, you know, there's podcasts, and I've thought about starting that. And that's, I mean, I enjoy being on podcasts. But, you know, having my own is, it, you know, in a month that may change. I, I don't know. Uh, I I'm just put myself in a situation where, um, I'm willing and, um, whatever direction it all goes. I I kind of uh, adopted the, um, the life coach label because that kind of seemed to make sense. I still don't know if that's exactly. And, And, you know, even life coach has a lot of different, uh, aspects to it. And, My history of life coaching is I first thought of the term or the word uh, life coach had to do with sales because, you know, years ago I I was in sales. I had a life or I coached. So that's what I tend to think of more as professional coaches. Um, But, you know, a coach can can specialize in different areas. And typically you want to specialize in things that uh, you personally have experienced or you have personal history in. Um so there's certain areas that I've thought about um that uh, I've actually put it out there uh, whether that's actually the uh the mode that I'll use you know to do that and one person that I talked to not too long ago whenever I was having this conversation she said you know it really doesn't matter whether it's podcast or it's books or whatever as long as your the message is consistent Uh, okay, I I get that. You know, my message is going to be consistent, whether I write a blog or whether I share something on Facebook or something else, or, you know, go on somebody's podcast or whatever it is, Uh, my message is consistent. And we'll just see where that leads.
0: This has been wonderful. And I'm really grateful. I appreciate that you were willing to share your beautiful and consistent message with us today (laughs) and uh terry who is traveling um i believe she's in the wilderness of new mexico someplace oh boy was not able to join us today although she wanted to and her email to me uh i don't she didn't send you a message did she
1: no she didn't
0: she addressed she sent me an email and addressed it to us gentlemen okay
1: okay
0: and um she suggested that when she was back in Texas, uh, maybe in May, uh, that she may appreciate the opportunity to chat with you again. So awesome! I'm hoping that we can keep the invitation open and that you may indeed be willing to join us again in the future.
1: Absolutely. There's so much to talk about in all of this and it's always changing and, uh, growing and, um, so yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I could talk about this stuff all day. So it's, I mean, I have to come up for air every once in a while.
0: Me too. And the <laughs> col- the collective field, the soul of our community is benefiting from the expression of our message and our thoughts today. And earlier we referenced service. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna close with my definition of service. Okay true expression so whatever that is to the individual soul Mm. whatever your truest expression is that is your service and Brad I think you're doing it so thank you thank you for your service
1: thank you for your service
0: you're very welcome (laughs) all right sir we'll let you go enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon all right Thank you. Terry and I appreciate you listening to this podcast. If you would like to support us in producing more content like this, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. See you next time.